Hey everyone, I'm Brian. One of the things I really like about this podcast is that it's about real people with real stories. I like the mix of monologues and interview style episodes, and yeah, it's just easy, inspiring listening. There are coaches, authors, comedians, and all kinds of engaging people on here sharing helpful and useful stuff about life. This podcast is supported by Our Solutions, a UK based mental health charity that provide a range of services. If you're looking for an audio engineer, check out audiocrisp.com. Albert Einstein once said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. I guess he was saying that new things that we have never experienced before will most certainly make us trip up before it can be embedded into habit and then mastered into a skill. Do you recall a time when you may have made a mistake at work or at school and it felt cripplingly embarrassing. Perhaps you didn't win an award or get offered a desired job that you were expecting to get and it felt really hard to pick yourself up from that experience. Making a mistake hurt and that is a fact. It can carry with it embarrassment, shame and extreme disappointment and this can start very early in preschool. Most of us have been socialised to associate failure with purely negative outcomes. Examples include failing an exam or attaining bad grades, not being picked for something that feels important, a sports team, a music band or a job interview and even getting turned down for a date. It's possible that we can feel and fear failure so much that we develop a cognitive bias that causes us to absorb that horrible feeling or negative information from that experience and we only look for information that confirms our perfection often in the form of praise, social media likes, hugs, kisses, monetary rewards and that is what we naturally thrive off. But actually making mistakes are very, very good for our brains. Our incredible brains control everything we do. And as we have evolved, so have our brains. It has become bigger and better and maybe even more threatening, especially to our planet. It is thought that the story of the brain begins back in the ancient oceans long before the first animals appeared. The single-celled organisms that swam or crawled in them did not have any brains, but they did have sophisticated ways of sensing and responding to their environment. These mechanisms are maintained right through to the evolution of mammals. So almost from the start, the cells within early animals had the potential to communicate with each other using amazing electrical pulses and chemical signals. From there, it was not a big leap for some cells to become specialised for carrying messages. Across nearly 7 million years, the human brain has tripled in size, with most of this growth occurring in the past 2 million years. But size isn't the whole story. Studies have shown that there is not a particularly strong correlation between the brain size and intelligence. The Neanderthal brain was just as big as ours, in fact probably bigger but less advanced for the purpose of complex decision making, cognitive function and processing information. The human brain compared to the ancestral brain is like an advanced computer of complex neural networks. The brain has two connected parts called hemispheres. The left hemisphere controls muscles on the right hand side of the body and specialises in language, logical thinking and maths. The right hemisphere controls the left side of the body and helps one recognise faces, images and music. But both hemispheres are completely interconnected. 
and work alongside each other. Recent research suggests that plasticity may be what underlies the specific differences in our brain and that of our ancestors, leading to our unique cognitive abilities. Our brain is powered to invent things such as art, law, language, machines, medicines, music, education, transport and politics. This month it was even discovered that swimming in cold water could act like a hibernation in animals and repair damage to human brains and potentially help as preventatives for conditions like dementia. For a long time, it was believed that as we aged, the connections in the brain became fixed and then simply faded. Research has shown that in fact, the brain never stops changing through learning. Plasticity is the capacity of the brain to change with learning. Changes associated with learning occur mostly at the level of connections between neurons. New connections form and the internal structure of the existing synapses change. Did you know that when you become an expert in a specific field, your brain can actually become bigger in mass and density in that associated part of the brain for that skill as neuroconnections become stronger. So for example, London taxi drivers have a larger hippocampus, which is in the back region, than London bus drivers. And the reason is because the region of the hippocampus is specialised in acquiring and using complex spatial information to navigate around areas. Taxi drivers have to navigate around London, whereas bus drivers follow a limited set of routes, therefore not requiring much thinking in that aspect, in that part of the brain. Plasticity can also be observed in the brains of bilinguals. It looks like learning a second language is possible through functional changes in the brain. Maybe that's one reason to start learning a new language. Plastic changes also occur in musicians' brains compared to non-musicians. So there was a piece of research conducted when the brains of professional musicians who practiced at least one hour per day compared to amateur musicians was compared and they found that grey matter cortex volume was highest in professional musicians and lowest in those that did not play any music. And that is quite a finding. Finally, it was also found that extensive learning of of abstract information can also trigger some plastic changes in the brain. In recent years, there has been even more research undertaken about the brain and how it copes with those negative aspects such as disappointments, rejections and failures. The Indian Prime Minister Mahatma Gandhi once said, freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Failure is something that can leave a deep, deep scar and actually affect our brain in more ways than we think, including our follow-on decisions. We could either protect ourselves from ever feeling that same shame and embarrassment, or one can rise above that feeling and turn it into a positive. And you might think, how can you turn such a negative thing into a positive? But that is exactly what scientists and neuro-researchers of the brain want us to do. The two different ways of dealing with failure is often referred to as growth growth mindset and fixed mindset. Somebody with a growth mindset thrives on challenge and sees failure not as evidence of unintelligence but more as a springboard for growth and for stretching existing abilities. On the very contrary, someone with a fixed mindset will become disheartened and will struggle to see beyond the challenges of their personal failures. Those with a fixed mindset may not believe that intelligence can be enhanced or that you either have it or you don't when it comes to abilities and talent. Failure also distorts your perception 
of your abilities. Once you fail, you are likely to assess your skills, intelligence and capabilities incorrectly and see them as significantly weaker than they actually are. Knowing this and correcting for it in your own mind is important by making you devalue your abilities. One of the most common and strongest feelings people have after failing is helplessness. Failure causes an emotional wound. Your mind responds to this wound by trying to get you to give up so it doesn't get wounded again. And it's our best way of getting you to give up by making you feel helpless. Studies show that parents who have a fear of failure can unwittingly transmit it to their children by reacting harshly or withdrawing emotionally when their children fail, thus conveying to them, often unconsciously, that failure is unacceptable. We manifest either one of these ways of thinking from a very early age, which then shapes our relationship with success and failure in both professional and personal contexts and determines our state of mind in terms of anxiety and happiness. So new research now tells us that making a mistake is actually a good thing. Mistakes are not only opportunities for learning as students consider their mistakes, but also time when our brain grows. The goal is to normalise mistakes and help children understand that it's okay to make mistakes, especially when we are learning something new. I'm not going to be good at this right away. I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. It turns out the way teachers and families react to a child's mistake can make all the difference and whether the child continues to put in effort or if they give up and the sort of mindset they would develop later on in life is determined by the sort of reactions they receive. So encouraging children to exercise their brain by trying challenging activities and encouraging them even if they make a mistake is what we should all be doing. So what actually happens in our brains when we experience such failure? Well, when a mistake is made, synapses in our brains fire up. These are electrical signals that move between parts of the brain when you learn something new. Three different things can happen in our brain when we are learning. Either new pathways are formed or already existing pathways in the brain become strengthened or connected pathways develop in a very new and different way. The times we are challenged are actually the best for our brain growth and helps us to solve a problem or think in an innovative way. Neurons are part of the brain that communicate through tiny, tiny electrical impulses. These form synapses or connections with each other in larger networks called circuits. When you're learning something, these circuits develop and get even more efficient but making mistakes can also help you learn. When you make a mistake, your brain struggles and synapses spring into action. And as this happens, brain's networks become even more connected. This is why research shows that embracing mistakes is really positive for our brains and mind. Our brain is a wonderful place and each and every one of us has a unique and individual one with neuron connections that mimic our individual experiences, learnt behaviour, memories and the reactions we received from our actions. Psychologists at Michigan State University have shown that in order to learn from our mistakes, it helps to have a growth mindset or a belief that intelligence is something we can work on and develop and mistakes don't hinder us, they improve us and let them not 
affect our confidence for the future. Theodore Roosevelt said the only man who never makes a mistake is the man who never does anything. While fear of failure can often prevent us from trying new things, accepting mistakes as a part of life can have the opposite effect, freeing us up to pursue our goals without limitations. All the mistakes I made in my life are probably those when I wanted to say no, but I said yes. Have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. And that's by Salvador Dali. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and you found it useful and it may have given you some food for thought. And I will catch up with you in one of our future episodes. Thank you for tuning in. Take care. Bye bye. (laughs) 